Today, we delve deep into the six critical areas of work life that, if misaligned, can lead to burnout. As noted by Leiter and Maslach in their research, one of the most obviously and commonly discussed areas of burnout is overload, where job demands exceed human limits. But today, we're going to explore how not only workload, but how control, reward, community, and fairness also contribute to burnout. So stick around for today's episode. Welcome to Rat Race Reboot. I'm your host, Laura Noel. And as a certified coach and former 27-year military leader, Each week, I provide bite-sized mindset pivots that will help you reset your mind, reawaken your spirit, and regain your control. Welcome back to another episode of Rat Race Reboot, where we are exploring burnout through multiple angles to see what can we learn about ourselves, what can we learn about burnout, the impact that it can have in our lives, Um, but more importantly, how can we transform that burnout once we're already in it and we recognize we're in a burnout cycle? How can we transform it into something positive or how can we use it and leverage it as a catalyst for change once we're in it? So we're going to dive in and discuss each of those levels of burnout that Um, Leiter and Maslach are talking about in their research so we can better understand each area. And as we do that, I want you to reflect on how each of these areas connect with your own experience. So the research back in 2004 by Leiter and Maslach focused on the organizational context of burnout, emphasizing six areas of work life. And those are workload, control, reward, community, fairness, and values. And they developed the areas of work life scale, AWS, and that scale measures those areas. Finding any mismatches in those domains or any of those areas can be a predictor of burnout. And it's interesting because the study shows that when employees perceive a better fit in each of those areas, they're more likely to experience work engagement rather than burnout. And the implications of this are really significant for developing workplace interventions and strategies to promote employee well-being and productivity. So we're going to go deeper into those areas of work-life scale Um, areas so that we can identify them, connect with them. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to have you kind of do a a little scale in your own mind on a scale from one to 10 and rate yourself in each of those areas, because I think awareness is key. If you remember from the last episode, I didn't realize I was was in burnout um, until I started asking questions and asking a friend of mine, when's it going to be enough? When am I going to be enough? And just by the nature of me exploring that question, saying it out loud, asking the question out loud, that really resonated deeply with me. And it just really created this whole new level of awareness, a starting point. I just became aware of my point A. If we're not aware of our point A, where we are, then we can't create a point B. Where are we going? Where are we starting from? What's holding us back? 
And once we can get really clear on those areas and what's holding us back and where we might be experiencing some burnout or symptoms of burnout or some areas in our life and our work life that might be contributing to burnout, um, once we're aware of those, then we can change it. So one of the first areas that um, Leiter and Masat talk about is workload. And that's, you know, that's pretty obvious. Burnout occurs when we have a heavy workload, when people have too much to do, too much on their plates with too few resources. And this constant overload leads to exhaustion and it negatively impacts work quality. It can negatively impact work relationships. I've seen it where um, it creates drama between people. That's how silos are formed. People are vying for resources, not really helping each other because they don't have the time or they don't think they do. It's like being on a treadmill that's going way too fast and you can't get off of it. And you're constantly running to keep up, which is in and of itself is exhausting. And it leaves no space for thinking, for relaxing, for personal growth, right? So that's workload. That's one that probably many of us are familiar with. Another area that can lead to burnout is control. So a lack of control in decision-making and having inadequate resources to do the job effectively, that can lead to feelings of ineffectiveness. And that also can contribute to burnout. So like imagine trying to drive a car with no steering wheel. How frustrating would that be, right? It would make you maybe feel helpless. That would kind of lead to this self-defeating kind of attitude at work. Well, if you don't have the resources you need to do your job, or if you are, you think you're empowered to do a job, but you feel like you have to ask permission for every step of the way, that can also feel to feelings of frustration, um, helplessness, like you just don't have any control over the situation. Um, and that, that has a horrible impact on burnout. That can have a tremendous impact on it. So another area that is discussed in their research is reward. So inadequate rewards, whether it's financial or social, so some of these kind of extrinsic rewards, intrinsic re rewards and fulfillment, if we don't have that, it can make people feel unappreciated or undervalued. Um, we're not fulfilled if we, we have no, nothing that's connecting us to any internal sense of reward, that can lead to burnout too. It can leave us to feel like we're just not adequate. We're not being compensated. We can be resent. We can be resentful toward our job. So if you think about it, working hard on a project and getting no acknowledgement for that. Um, <laughs> on a small level, I remember kind of getting into social media and getting my message out there. And sometimes I would say, oh my gosh, I'm putting out all of this content. I'm giving all this value, pouring into people. And sometimes it's like shouting into a cavern, hello, is anybody there? Can anyone hear me? And it was very demotivating for me because for me, when I'm giving, I want people to 
to get some value out of what I'm giving and what I'm sharing. And it helps to know that somebody's actually getting something out of the <laughs> what I'm giving. So for me, that would be a lack of reward if I didn't feel like anybody was benefiting from what I was giving or the gifts I was sharing with the world. So that type of reward, whether it's tangible or it's intrinsic, that can have an impact on how you feel about your work, which can impact your level of burnout, right? This lack of appreciation can make you even question, why am I even bothering? Okay. So that's another area that we might experience burnout. Um, community is also another area that the researchers talk about. And what that can look like is uh, poor social support, any conflict. I kind of mentioned this earlier with time and maybe we're working in silos or we're not working together as a team. And so it's creating conflict. There's a lack of positive interactions. And as a result, that can reduce morale, that can increase stress, and that can also contribute to burnout. So if your workplace feels like a lonely island or a battlefield, right, that can be tough. Think about um, at the beginning of the pandemic, when people were initially working from home and they were alone and they weren't, weren't going out, like initially it was like, okay, I'm going to leverage this time to learn a new skill or go back to school. I, I work from home and I do speaking engagements, but I was really locked down. A lot of us were, we were at home trying to make the best of it um, online, but a lot of people were feeling the effects of burnout just from that lack of social engagement with people. I know I experienced it too in my own work. Um, so without supportive colleagues, work can become more stressful. So keep that in mind. That's community. That's very important. Fairness is another area that we can talk about here. So perceived unfairness, and there's a lot of um, things that we'll talk about in subsequent episodes around fairness and the impact that that can have on the brain. But perceived unfairness erodes respect and erodes trust. It can lead to feelings of resentment and um, moral distress, which can also lead to burnout. So it's like if you see somebody cut in line and get away with it, and they go, oh, why is that getting under my skin, right? But we feel it, that unfairness, it takes its toll on us. And day in and day out, if you're experiencing that, um, it, we can feel it. it. It can really, truly weigh heavily on us. Um, and it can be draining. It, we have this constant sense of injustice and it's it's exhausting. And the last area that the researchers talk about is in the area of values. So first and foremost, you have to understand what your values are. That's key. So you want to take time to figure that out. And I do have other episodes where I talk about values. But a mismatch between personal and organizational values can cause an ethical dilemma or distress or a sense of our, our work is meaningless and that can contribute to burnout. Um, imagine working for a company 
and you know their values don't align with your core beliefs about life, about giving or your values or things that are that are important to you. If it if that organization goes against what you value most, that can create resentment or conflict inside of you. It's like you're you're betraying yourself and that in and of itself can be deeply unsettling and can contribute to burnout. I remember uh, maybe a year into the pandemic, maybe a little bit earlier, I was looking at facilitating other courses for other organizations. And one organization um, brought me on and I was talking with them and something, I don't know, something didn't feel right, but I ignored it because I didn't know where the work was coming from. And so I was just trying different things and taking different opportunities, trying them on for size. And something didn't feel right to me saying yes to this experience, but I intellectually, consciously, I couldn't really put my finger on it, on why. It just didn't feel right to me. And I ended up teaching one of the courses that was for an, an overseas company. The HR department developed the course and it just didn't feel right. And I was getting ready to teach the course and I just I just wished that it went away, that it got canceled, but I gave my word that I would be there and I would do it. And it, it just, it, it was contributing to stress and burnout because I could feel that we were not aligned and um, it wasn't a good fit. And I, I felt stuck. And so needless to say, I did that event, I hated it, and then I declined any further work because it just wasn't in alignment. And then that opened me up to other things that were in alignment with me and felt so much better. Sometimes, you know, we need to feel that experience and know exactly what we don't want. So then we can be really clear on what we do want. But that's what I mean by values. And maybe you can't intellectually consciously point your finger as to why something isn't a good fit, but you can feel it. And when you're sitting in that feeling, that can cause burnout if you're in there long enough. So, you know, it's interesting because the studies by Leitner and Maslach um, really highlight the importance of each work-life area in predicting burnout. And it suggests that interventions targeting improvements in these areas can be effective in reduce, reducing burnout. Um, so for example, enhancing a sense of control and fairness in the workplace could be something that an organization could do. Providing adequate rewards that connect with what people want. Fostering a supportive community. That's something that an organization can do to up-level these different areas of work life. <clears throat> Ensuring a more manageable workload amongst people and aligning individual and organizational values that can significantly improve employee well-being. And this approach kind of shifts the focus from individual coping strategies when it comes to burnout, and it shifts it from that to organizational change, highlighting the role of the workplace environment in employee health and job satisfaction. Um, but it first starts with us. We have to be aware of where there's a disconnect and where we're starting to experience those areas of burnout. Now, Maslach does have a couple of um, assessments out there that you can look up. One of them is Maslach's burnout inventory. 
And then another one is the areas of work life. Um, and th those are both surveys and assessments that you could take for yourself. But just for today's episode, um, I want you to think about each of these six areas of work life. And I want you to rate yourself in your mind on a scale from one to 10. One is I am doing really poorly in this area. Things are not going well. I'm in complete burnout to 10. Woo, I'm off the charts. Everything's great. Everything's amazing. All right. So think about your workload. Consider if your current workload feels sustainable. Are you constantly feeling overwhelmed or do you have time for recovery and personal growth and self-care? If you don't feel like you have any time, if you feel like you're constantly in this hamster wheel, then you might rate yourself as a one. But if you feel like, you know what, I, I manage my workload well, I set boundaries, I, um, I have a, a really great self-care routine, I have lots of time to recover, then you might rate yourself a seven, eight, nine, ten. Now going to the area of control. Reflect on the level of autonomy you have in your role. Do you feel empowered to make decisions and influence outcomes in your work and in your job, in your role? One would be, I don't feel any control. I'm not empowered. I can't make decisions. Ten would be, I'm completely autonomous and I feel really wonderful about the decisions that I make and the impact that my work has on the overall organizational outcomes and job. The next area is reward recogni uh, recognition. So think about and evaluate if you feel adequate, uh, oh my goodness, if you feel adequately rewarded for your efforts, both in terms of um, financial compensation or acknowledgement or even the personal intrinsic reward. One would be, I'm, I'm not adequately rewarded. And if you were to give yourself a 10, I feel adequate, I feel like really exceptionally rewarded in each of those areas, in financial acknowledgement and intrinsic reward. Now, community connection. Think about your relationships at work. Do you have a supportive network at work? Or do you feel isolated or in conflict? If you feel isolated or in conflict, you might rate yourself a one. But if you feel like you have a wonderful network or community at work and you collaborate and you love it, then that might be a 10. Now let's look at fairness. Assess how fair and just you find your workplace. Do you trust the process and feel respected? Like there's a sense of equity and fairness at your work. One would be not at all. 10 would be, I feel like we have this down pat. And then values is the last one. Think about your alignment, alignment of your role, of your organization with that of your personal values. Does your work resonate with your core beliefs? Can you be authentically you in your work? 
And if the answer is a hard no, then you might give yourself a one. If you're high up on that scale, you might give yourself a 10. But the key here is <clears throat> awareness is the first step toward transforming burnout into something more positive. It starts with having that awareness and knowing where your point A is. So I hope today's episode has been helpful for you. And again, this is episode two of a series. So we're going to be learning different aspects of burnout and little things that we can do to start this transformation and be inspired. Remember, everything is created twice, first in your imagination and then in physical form. We'll see you next week's episode.